Podcast Revolution Network presents The Way with Noah. We are counting down to election 2016 apocalypse giant meteor <sighs> the lesser two evil battle I don't know whatever you want to call it but this is a special edition of the way with Noah I am joined tonight by Timothy Hughes um host of the podcast brother to brother how are you doing this evening I am excited and happy to be here right before the beginning of Armageddon. It seems like an exciting time in American political history. I'm so glad that we could get together and have this conversation before the roof falls in. So (laughs) the sky is falling, as they say. The sky is falling and not chicken little. Like the sky is really falling. Like it, it it is insane the mix of energy and excitement and my question for folks who are like we got to vote for hillary to defeat white supremacy we got to protect black people's right to vote are you going to be worried about those issues the day after tomorrow (laughs) i think that we have to right we got to look at this as a long game i mean we got to consider the fact that first of all we're making a choice now as you described earlier, between sort of the lesser two evils, we're talking about red pill versus blue pill. Do you want to take the poison pill? Are you uh, more interested in the placebo? It's it's not really going to be an exciting, positive. Uh, the, uh, the situation that we looked at in 2008 mm-hmm. and tw- in 2012 to a lesser degree is a very, very different mindset. You know, and the way that we've got to approach 2016 is that we've got to look at this as a situation where we've got to figure out if we want to go in reverse by 100 miles an hour or if we just want to sit in neutral. Like, I mean, it's not not a particularly exciting moment. But what we do have is an opportunity here, particularly when we look at down-ballot races, when we look at uh, local uh, and municipalities, when we look at initiatives, ballot initiatives that are being considered right now, there is still a way for people to get their voices heard, for us to have a certain measure of leverage on the local level. Uh, In terms of national politics, though, um, it's kind of difficult. It's really difficult to look at this and and see a silver lining. So it's it's a challenging time. Right. I I almost feel like I absolutely agree. I I feel like we really need to, I know a lot of folks and, you know, we became acquainted and, 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 you know, friends online uh, through, of course, you know, uh, uh, supporting Bernie Sanders. I really feel like that, that, that a lot of people felt dejected because Bernie didn't win the primary. And and, and there are many obvious reasons, you know, I mean, it's clear, you know, the feeling and stuff, but everything that he was saying about building a movement of people, getting more people involved, like that's exactly what, when you're talking about, you know, making sure we're focusing on those down ballots for those people who have not early voted, you know, looking at what ballot initiatives, you know, I'm here in Georgia, we have a a, a really serious education issue. We got a couple of serious issues actually on our statewide ballot 
ballot down here. Um, mm-hmm. I know there there are ballot initiatives because it's that time, you know, all over the place that people right. really need to make sure they're paying attention to and voting for against however they're seeing fit. But that's absolutely correct. I think that point about the local level, we get caught up in the glitz and the glamour, so to speak, of the presidential election cycle, that there is congressional elections, there are um, state and local elections, you know, school board, mayoral elections coming up many places next year. I mean, there's so much we need to be focused yeah. on. And if we build, continue to build on this momentum and this groundswell, we'll be able to mount an offensive in 2018 midterms, you know, and, and, Absolutely. and, and do almost for the left what the Tea Party did. Not saying that we want to be as ignorant like the Tea Party, but but, but really right, mobilizing right. Ideologically. as a force. Yeah, yeah. mobilizing as a yeah. force. Ideologically, we're looking at a, a very challenging time with, you know, as you mentioned, you know, we're talking about seven states right now mm-hmm. with ballot initiatives with regard to decriminalization of marijuana. Yes, so yes. These are issues that that a lot of people are dealing with on on the local level that really do have an impact. And so we need to make sure that our voices are being heard in those areas. Absolutely, absolutely. So just 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 in thinking and thinking as we move beyond tomorrow. Hopefully yeah. there is a day after tomorrow, right? I mean, you know, like <laughs> the hell mouth. Hopefully the hell mouth doesn't open up and swallow us all inside. Um, you know, more than likely not. Wisdom and polls and blah 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 are predicting that Secretary Clinton will, in fact, be the next president. Me number forty-five. Right. Where do we go? Like, what do we do? We've talked so much about the progressive movement and where do we go and what do we do? Where do we go and what do we do next? Like, what is our next? I think that. I think that it's important that we remember a lot of what Bernie taught us, a lot of what Bernie was saying with regard to how the movement is not really about electing Bernie Sanders president. It's mm-hmm. really about building a coalition of progressive movements going forward and trying to push an initiative. It's important that people get active on that level if they aren't involved in, uh, in, in certain groups on the progressive level um, and organizing on the local level, then they need to get involved in doing that. Um, with either a President Hillary Clinton or a President Donald Trump. We have to understand that the president is what is setting the agenda in Washington, mm-hmm. but we have to make sure that we articulate our own agenda on the local level Absolutely. as progressives. It's incredibly important that we articulate what that means in either a President Trump or a President Clinton administration, what it means to be a progressive now. Um, it's important that we say very clearly what it is that we stand for, and hold accountable the people who are elected, whether they be Republican, Democrat, or Independent. We've got to make sure that they hear from us. They need to hear from us when they're doing things that we care about and that we like and that we agree with. And they need to hear from us when they're doing things that we don't like and that we don't particularly care for and do not agree with. So we've got to make sure that we're involved in the process, whatever happens tomorrow. But I will say this. Um, I take heart in knowing that Despite the fact that Bernie Sanders is not on the ballot, he's not going to be the president of the United States, that a lot of the issues that he articulated mm-hmm. have deeply impacted this political season. Absolutely. There's a lot of the rhetoric, uh, whether or not it's actually believable, there's a lot of rhetoric that Hillary Clinton is using in describing a lot of policies and initiatives that would not be there were it not for Bernie Sanders. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot that's happening with regard to the grassroots, a lot of discussion about overturning Citizens United, a lot of discussion about uh, poverty and and, uh, working uh, class issues 
here in America that would not be on the ballot, would not be up for discussion, would not be up for consideration were it not for Bernie Sanders and a lot of the work that was done with people who were organizing in progressive causes on his behalf, leading to his uh, continue, uh, to his uh, candidacy, but also even after his candidacy, um, pushing for uh, changes on the local level with regard to um, to ballot initiatives and things of that nature. So all hope is not lost. I think that this is uh, the vote is is the beginning of the process. It is not the end of the process. We've got to continue to agitate and organize on the grassroots level. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and just thinking, thinking now, like you're bringing it down a little bit, maybe smaller scale, but still big scale. Thinking about you know both of us. Cause you know, Bernie made me white, right? Like, like, like both of us yeah. as Bernie supporters, we, we don't, we, we're not supposed to exist, right? Like Bernie right. didn't have any black supporters right. um, at all. So, so, but, but, but I don't know, like, so did you have any issues like during the primary, not just so much with other people and their pushback about why would you support Bernie Sanders? But, but did you have any experiences within like liberal progressive or liberal circles from other, you know, Bernie supporters as, as a black man trying to express or expound upon on, on issues and how they mattered? Absolutely. I did in, encounter on occasion. I mean, you know, what we look at in, in terms of politics, not just in terms of Democrat versus Republican or independent or um, whatever those ideological labels may be. Bernie supporters were not a monolith either. And so in some ways, it was very challenging to sort of break through uh, as it relates to racialized issues, particularly those of concern to populations and communities of color, because right. a lot of the challenges that we face are uh, not necessarily unique to us, but certainly are, um, are more broadly impacted. For example, if we're talking about the need to, uh, to change the way in which the prison industrial complex is adjudicating uh, people through the process. There's a lot about that that really deeply impacts communities of color that doesn't necessarily impact other communities. And so when we start talking about those kinds of bread and butter issues, we uh, I didn't in incur some resistance from people who felt like maybe we were getting too far afield of certain economic issues because there's lots of uh, discussions about the importance of increasing the minimum wage and all those things. But a lot of that affects the black community. A lot right. of that affects the black community. So we, we, um, there were instances when there were challenges in having that conversation and, and, and bridging the gap as it related to racial issues and insensitivity with regard to Bernie Sanders supporters who wanted to really have an economics or a, a, um, a, a, a discussion about opportunity in terms of economic opportunity rather than racialized politics. But I do feel like Bernie Sanders supporters and Bernie Sanders as the candidate began to have sort of a, he had a, a steeper learning curve with regard to those kinds of issues. But I do believe that he gave a lot of good voice to those kinds of issues. And he was able to articulate very effectively, particularly from an economics um, access um, perspective, he was able to articulate a lot of the issues that people of color are facing and will continue to face no matter who wins the election tomorrow. Right, right. And, and what do you think about, like, as we look forward, right, as black progressives, as members of the black yeah. left, those who come out of this Bernie Sanders style movement, um, 
you know, committed to continuing to build around these issues and support good candidates. How do we, you know, not just, I guess, increase our ranks, but how do we make sure we solidify our voice within this movement as the black left, as black progressives? I think that what we've got to do is we've got to identify very clearly what it means to be black and left in America. I think that Mm. the challenge that we face is that we're dealing with a party infrastructure where essentially the Republican Party has shifted so far to the right that its its standard bearer essentially represents the interests of the 1% on the far right. Mm. And the Democratic Party, in an attempt to try to to race them to the right, has essentially uh, presented a standard bearer who represents interests of the top 1% of the center right. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of representation among the presidential candidates, also with uh, with regard to the Congress and so forth, there doesn't seem to be much in terms of elected representation in Washington and elsewhere for uh, people who represent our interests and our agenda. And so what we got to do is start organizing around grassroots level candidates who are, who are speaking to these issues and supporting them. We've got to make sure that we have a very clear, clearly articulated agenda with regard to jobs, a clearly articulated agenda in terms of education, in terms of criminal justice reform, that we have points of reference and that we have specifically areas of coalition where we can build around with, with uh, individuals who, um, who are on the, on the right uh, and, and on, in the center. And we have the ability to be able to speak to issues that can be addressed in a multiple a multitude of different ways. For example, here in Tennessee, we've got a coalition that's been built around marijuana decriminalization, um, where people on the right are saying we need to do this, uh, not just because it seems like the right thing to do from a social justice uh, standpoint, but from an economic standpoint, we're wasting lots and lots of money locking up people for long sentences for marijuana possession, we think that's that's just probably a bad idea. And in the center, mm-hmm. there are libertarians who are saying, you know, well, it, it doesn't make sense from a from a freedom standpoint, you know, to to be locking people away simply for exercising their freedom of using marijuana if they're, if they're not doing harm to anyone else. Why should we be uh, increasing our prisons uh, based on the fact that there are people who want to smoke marijuana? And then, of course, on the left, there are people saying, from a social justice perspective. It is ethically irresponsible and wrong for us as a society to be adjudicating people through a criminal justice process for doing something that really should not be illegal at all. And so we've got people on all sides and from a bunch of different perspectives saying it's time for us to do something. And then they are are using that influence to lobby the state legislature to push for a decriminalization bill that will be able to meet the needs of all of those many constituencies. I think that there are ways in which we can do that on a number of different issues. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we are black and on the left should not um, uh, dictate our inability to be able to speak to those issues and work toward coalition building. We simply need to say, this is where we stand. These are our issues. How can we do that and articulate that in a way that everybody gets by him? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think what you just said about the clear articulation of agenda and policy is so crucial. Yeah. Um, we, even when you look at the criticism of Barack Obama over the last eight years, well, he hasn't done anything for black America. What cohesive policy points or agenda has have been? I mean, more recently, you have the movement for black lives and issues involving, you know, police violence and police killings. But, you know, when we look at the the, the plethora of issues that affect and, and, and had deeply 
you know, move black communities, there does not seem to have been any clear ask or agendas or policy points put forward, you know, for the president or Congress to respond to. And I think that 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 is something that we need to do as we look at continuing to build and grow, you know, spaces of black political power and, 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 and like you said, defining what does it mean to be black and on the left and black and progressive. Um, I, Absolutely. I, I mean, of course, there's, there's not going to be, you know, everyone's going to have different iterations of what that looks like. But 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 having yes. as much clarity and consensus on, on where we need to be going as, as, a, as a group, as a core absolutely makes sense absolutely so what what else as we as we as we speed toward the cataclysm <laughs> what else is on yeah, your as we, as we add closer and closer to the edge of the cliff yeah um i i think that um i'm optimistic because i think we have um an understanding of history mm. that is important to remember in this moment um we're dealing with an experiment in democracy that's now 240 years old and that started in a lot of very complicated and problematic ways, mm -hmm. but we do have an ongoing, uh, I, I hearken back to the, uh, to the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. who said that the arc of, of, of history is long, but it bends toward justice. And so the idea is we've got to make sure that we do everything we can to precipitate a quicker bend. Yes. <laughs> we've got to facilitate a process by which we get to justice faster and more expediently for more people. And the way in which we do that is we demand a certain measure of accountability for those who claim to represent us. Now, we, we don't live in a delusional world where we don't believe that money is what really also um, decides policy in Washington, whether it be good or bad. But we also need to, at the very least, apprise ourselves and make ourselves aware if we know that our politicians are being bought, we should at least look for the receipt. We need to know who is buying them so that we can then make our voices heard with regard to how it is that we deal with those entities and institutions. If we have individuals in corporate America who are having undue influence on our elected officials, we need to make sure that we are allowing our dollars to vote for us. We need to make sure that if we are, in fact, frustrated with what's happening in uh, the, 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 uh, the pipeline situation in North Dakota, if we really want our voices heard, we not only need to be making sure that we are following the story as it develops, but that no matter who gets elected tomorrow, we need to make sure that, that no on the pipeline remains an issue that right. we, are, we are giving voice to. But not only that, we need to recognize that there are banking institutions and, and entities that are supporting the construction of that pipeline and our dollars need to not be in those banking institutions. So those are very practical things that we as a progressive left can be doing and organizing around in much the same way as Occupy Wall Street and a lot of those other groups and organizations and movements were organizing. We need to make sure that this is something that is a continuing and a persistent effort in order to make sure that we are articulating a very clear vision of what it is that we want, not necessarily just rejecting an attitude or an aspect or a belief that we don't want. Right, right. I think what, need, what will motivate people on the grassroots level, what will really have an impact is our ability, at the very least, to make our voices heard at the ballot box, because as I've said in, on a number of occasions, even if they don't want to believe what it is that we're saying, if they don't 
support our perspective, if they're not listening to us when we're in the ballot box, at the very least, voting keeps us active in the process, which actually has an impact on the local level. I'll say this really quickly. Individuals who are, um, who are selected for juries are selected based on their ability to continually vote and participate at the ballot box. If you really care about Black Lives Matter, if you really want to make sure that the next time somebody is adjudicated through the criminal justice process, you have a say, you have a voice, you need to be eligible for participation on that jury. If you are not voting, if you're not engaged in the process, then you don't get to participate in that element of it. So those kinds of very practical things are the kinds of things that are important for us to remember whether or not we happen to uh, to be uh, in support of one candidate or another on the presidential ballot, whether we particularly care for those individuals who will be nominated to the Congress and Senate and the House, whether or not there are individuals who are on the local level who necessarily reflect our interests, at the very least as a practical matter, if we participate in the process, we now have some buy-in. We now have some say. We represent a constituency, and that constituency can have an impact. Wow. That's a powerful point about voting and how it, it, it actually, in civic engagement, how it extends so much farther than that one every four-year vote. Um, I, I completely forgot about the, about jury duty. That's real. That's real. Absolutely. That's real. Absolutely. I mean, even, and, even, and because even we are point, being adjudicated yeah. through that process, at a larger level, at a at a at a at a at a, um, a much more significant level, is black faces and brown faces and female faces and LGBT faces are not in the jury box when those kinds of decisions are being adjudicated. When these individuals are coming before and being considered, then we really can't have an impact in that process. If we are not participating in the vote, then we're not electing sheriffs, deputies. We're not electing alder persons or city council people. We're not electing the individuals who are right there at the grassroots level, school board members, the people who are having an impact in educating the future generations who are telling our children our history and our future. We need to be a part of that process because if we are not involved, then they can't hear from us. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Well, Absolutely this is important. great. We're going to have to do this again. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Let we will. Everybody Maybe we can know. do a, uh, a retrospective after the, yes. uh, after, no, after the cataclysm of tomorrow. That's a good idea. We should. You guys, Absolutely. this has Absolutely. been a great segment. Thank you so much. I've been joined by Timothy Hughes of the Brother to Brother podcast. Let everybody know how they can find you. Absolutely. Uh, definitely follow Brother to Brother on uh, on Facebook. We've also got a, a launching pad called Revolution of Race, um, where all of our previous podcasts are posted. So definitely take a look at that Revolution of Race on Facebook or revolutionofrace.com. Um, uh, make sure that you continue to follow the content that we're putting out. We're going to be talking about the election. We're going to be talking about uh, we've got a, a, a representative who actually is formerly with the uh, Bernie Sanders campaign, uh, Mr. Roy Tatum, who will be joining us for our next podcast, talking oh, specifically about what Roy. we can be doing going forward. Roy is great. Yes. Uh, Ernie, brother of mine, shout out to the Alpha Phi Alpha brothers who are listening in the audience. Um, so uh, he will be joining us for our podcast later this week. We're also going to be talking about a lot of different issues with relation to how black men deal with uh, the current challenges we face in America, whether it be 
uh, chronic unemployment or uh, the importance of self-care. Uh, we've dealt with a number of issues with regard to black women policing, uh, the history of policing as it relates to the origins and slave patrols and how that has an influence on how it is that modern-day policing is still being done. There's a lot that's going on. So make sure you stay connected. Make sure you stay in tune. Um, continue to listen uh, to what's going on both on your podcast, Noah, and also uh, what we're doing at Revolution of Race and specifically Absolutely. with my podcast, Brother to Brother. So thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate well, that. Well, thank you so much for joining me pre, you know, pre-apocalypse. We will definitely talk post-apocalypse. <laughs> Apocalypse and we will share survival we t- we'll, we'll share survival tips. Thank you. Yes, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Hey, that was great. Yeah, I enjoyed it. That was cool.